This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Welcome to Episode 104 of the Grace Enough Podcast. I am your host, Amber Cullum, and this week I sit down with the Executive Director of Bible Study Fellowship, Susie Rowan. It was September of 2006 when I walked into Bible Study Fellowship for the first time. My friend Stephanie and I were there to study the Book of Romans. Fifteen years later, and I have attended four different classes in three states and led in various capacities. All three of my children have attended the BSF Children's Program, and some of my very best friends are from my time in leadership in the South Tampa Day Women's Class. To say the ministry of BSF has been used by God to impact my journey with Him more than any other is an understatement. And so to have Susie on the show is truly a gift to me. We talk about encountering God through Bible study. We talk about her journey with BSF and how they have pivoted an international ministry during a pandemic. As we launch into this week's conversation, I want to thank each of you who follow and are subscribed to the podcast. If you are new here, take a moment and click the subscribe or follow button in the app you are using to listen. It is free and each Tuesday, when I put out a new episode, it will drop right into your listening app. Okay, friends, let's drop in to this week's conversation with Susie Rowan. Good morning, Susie, and welcome to the Grace Enough podcast. Thank you for being here today. Amber, it is a delight to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm just really looking forward to this time that we'll spend together. Well, and it's such an honor for me to have you here because we were talking earlier and many of my listeners are Bible study fellowship, either attenders or leaders or teaching leaders. I mean, I've been in Bible study fellowship for many, many years, and it has been a ministry that God has used to change my life really and impact the lives of my family members. And so as we jump into that today, tell everybody a little about yourself your family and what you do. Well, Amber, I guess what I'd like to say first is regardless of any roles or titles or anything like that, I just am a Christ follower first. I want Jesus Christ to be my identity. So he's first. Um, I'm married to Roger. We've been married for 45 years. I love it. I know. We have two kids. Both of them are married. Uh, we have four grandchildren. And one of my grandchildren told me as we were there for Thanksgiving that her goal is to teach the Bible in Bible study fellowship. She's six. Wow. That is her goal as a six-year-old. So that was pleasure to Grammy's ears. Yes. Yeah. So she has a good legacy. That's right. That's awesome. I'm, I'm from Kansas City. We currently live in San Antonio, which is where BSF's global campus is located. Uh, I'm a Kansas Jayhawk. Again, another um, part of my identity that falls way below my identity in Christ. I'm an attorney by training um, and 
of course, for the last 11 years, I've been serving as BSF's executive director. So that's a little bit about me. Yeah, it's funny that you say that about the Kansas Jayhawks, because I'm a Kentucky Wildcat. And so I totally (laughs) understand it runs deep, doesn't it? Yeah, we've had some great contests together (laughs) between the Jayhawks and the Wildcats. (laughs) It's so true. And if you grew up in a state where there wasn't a whole lot of other sports teams, you know that you love your team for sure. So that's fun to hear. But tell me, how did you come to know Jesus? Because you did not grow up as a believer. I did not. So um, I was really raised in a home where there was never a prayer or Bible reading. But I did have Christian grandparents. So here is the importance of you know, the extended family in the life of a child. Um, we did go to church some. So that's good. Though there was nothing really practiced in our home. We did go to church some. And I guess especially as I kind of got into that junior high age, mother thought this girl needs church. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so we did go quite a bit. But um, it was not until after Roger and I were married, we were in our early 30s, our children were just little bitty. Mm. God reached down and really lifted me up out of a pit of sin. And I won't go into the detail about all of that, but there was plenty of it. Yeah. And the direction of my life was forever changed. You know, it actually happened, Amber, that I gave my life to Christ on Sunday morning during the preaching of a gospel by a local pastor in a local church. So I just love to encourage pastors by saying, God saved me during the preaching of a sermon Sunday morning. So, (laughs) Yeah. Well, and now were you a mother at this point? Yes. Two little children. They were like five and three. And I mean, I love to hear that because so often you do hear the story of Oh yeah, I mean I was raised in church. I came to know Jesus, but my trans, you know, my transformation really happened later. And so it's awesome to see that there, you know, I mean God is changing lives at all different ages and at all different stages of life. That's right. So as an adult, I came to faith in Christ, but I did have some heritage of a mother taking a wayward girl to church yeah. and of grandparents who uh, also um, really poured a little bit of Bible teaching and truth about Jesus into my life. Yeah. Well, when did you start attending BSF? Well, I believe it was in 1986 and I was in my church where I had come to faith and Somebody stood up in our Sunday school class, a a sorority sister of mine, actually, and began to talk about Bible study fellowship and said, would anybody like to go? And so I went up and began to ask her about it. When I found out that it was weekly and that there was some study required, I thought, I don't have time for that. But as the Lord would have it, three days later, I was with a friend in another part of the country. Mm -hmm. She started telling me about this Bible study that she was going to start. And I said, oh, that's the same one that I just decided I probably didn't have time for. And my friend just said to me, Susie, I think God wants to do a work in your life. Wow. And I didn't even know what that meant. Mm -hmm. But um, it startled me so much that I went. (laughs) And the rest (laughs) of the history. (laughs) (laughs) There's no such thing as coincidence, right? That's right. That's so true. Well, and then what about your husband? So I started attending Bible Study Fellowship 
we were attending church together. His eyes were opening. And after I'd been a BSF for about six months, he said to me, you are a different woman from the person I married. And I like what I see. I'm going to go to this Bible study you're going to. And within six months after that, at a men's retreat, um, he turned his life over to Christ. So after that, you know, everything in life changed for both of us. And so from those very early days, you know, with we came to Christ within a year of one another. Wow. And so we got to walk together on this new journey. What a blessing from the Lord. I know not every woman has that joy, That's but right. God gave it to me. So I'm grateful. I do know a couple of stories of dear friends where we just faithfully prayed for their husbands to come to faith in Jesus in our BSF circle and one in particular, I mean, is a, not just a children's leader now, but I mean, he is the children's coordinator. And so it's really awesome to see that and does speak to the joy and um, the power in praying together in a circle with other believers, for sure. You are so right about that. The power of prayer and community yes. is, is- Yeah. Well, tell me, how long were you in BSF before you started serving? And then what did that journey kind of look like? Because you've been several places serving in BSF. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. I, um, as I look back, uh, God has given us the gift of so many wonderful experiences. And I'm still just amazed by that. Uh, I was invited to be a group leader a year or so after I started and um, served in a lot of different capacities. Um, But ultimately, then we got involved in a prayer group with friends in the Kansas City classes that I was involved with. And it was a prayer group for people that BSF was sending overseas to plant classes. So we were praying for two or three different couples that were serving in places around the world. And the Lord just began to work on both my heart and Roger's heart to the point that he even gave us the same scripture. I mean, that's a long story, but it was just amazing that God was doing those things that he does once or twice, maybe three or four times in a lifetime where he makes it so clear through mm. scripture. And the next thing we knew, we were talking to Bible Study Fellowship about uh, planning classes for them wherever they would send us. And in 1995, with our two children who were teenagers then, we moved to Sao Paulo, Brazil, where we both taught BSF classes, starting new classes Uh, And just had a wonderful family adventure with our kids on top of it all. I mean, I can't imagine that. I I can't not ask about how your kids transitioned during that time. Yeah, especially as teenagers. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Our son was 16 and uh, just starting to drive. And he couldn't have driven in Brazil at that age. And I mean, uh, at one point, um, he said, Uh, the whole National Guard will not get me on that airplane. Yeah. And we went into huge prayer with a group of people. And we had one of those experiences where at the end of the prayer, we knew the victory was won, even though we didn't yet. And um, he did get on that airplane. There were some ups and downs. Oh, yeah. That time. And but once once we were all there, I mean, 
it was fabulous for him, for our daughter, for all of us. And yeah. so it doesn't matter getting on the plane. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, when you say, you know, there were ups and downs, like there would have been ups and downs with teenagers, even if you would have stayed right in the same location you were in the States. You bet. You bet. <laughs> Ultimately, though, um, what we did was we let our son know that um, we were not going to go until he was ready. Yeah. But until he was ready to obey his parents, there would be consequences. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, but we felt like our commitment to our family yeah. um, was the, what God would want us to put first. So we weren't going to just drag him. We were going to mm. wait to the point that he said he was ready. But there were some consequences that, yeah. that went along with that. Yeah. Well, how long did you all stay in Brazil? Six years. All right. And then... Then we came back to the United States and both Roger and I started teaching BSF classes back in our hometown of Kansas City. Uh, really settled in. Uh, by this time, our children were, you know, in their early 20s and um, one of them was getting married and uh, we just thought, here we are back home. Uh, just going to kind of begin to walk the life God has for us here with no intent of going anyplace else. Yeah. But then five years later, God began to call again through a series of circumstances, phone calls from BSF asking us to go uh, at the same time us being sure we weren't. And then <laughs> God giving us the very same scriptures he'd given us, um, you know, years before. And we knew once again that he was asking us to go. And so off we went um, in 2006 to Vishakapatnam, India. Oh, Gosh, that's a big difference from Brazil. It is. So we have a Western culture in, in Brazil um, and uh, a very um, different Eastern culture in India where we had as much to learn uh, yes. from, from living in India as we had to teach about the Bible. Yeah. And so when you all started teaching a class there, um, was it a brand new class or were you stepping into a class that was already established? No, we were class planters, both yeah. in Brazil and, yeah, and in, uh, in India. Gosh, yeah. and how did that work as far as in translation, or was it primarily English-speaking people in that area? Yeah, well, in Brazil, I used to say God has a sense of humor because he's caused me to teach uh, a group of women, very few of whom understand anything I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but somehow that's how he keeps Spirit, us humble Susie <laughs> that's right but somehow the Holy Spirit managed to impart um enough each week that they grew in the Lord but in India you know there's much more English mm -hmm. yes and so um so we 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 spoke primarily to a uh English speaking Indian community gotcha and your husband was teaching there as well he was yeah all right and so how long were you there just about two and a half years and then <laughs> and here I was sitting in my little office in India and a phone the phone rang and it was a call from a member of our board of directors and he asked me if I knew that Jean Nystrand our former leader of Bible study fellowship if I knew she was retiring and I didn't know that and then he asked me if I would be part of uh, an interview process to determine mm -hmm. who God was calling and so that was a very uh, shocking phone call, <laughs> but it did end up in me being 
chosen by God and the board (laughs) to uh, serve in this role that I'm serving now. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, I remember that transition well. And as a result, you were in VSF then. (laughs) I was. I was in VSF then. Uh And so. I remember slow changes happening just to the way that, I don't want to say the way the study was set up, but there were some changes there, some new studies starting, but also just some changes to the way, you know, the the group setting worked. And so you come in and you know some things that, oh, maybe we could change this up. Let's walk through those a little bit. What are some of the things that you have changed in BSF really to help um, with the generations that have that are coming up now? You know, it's funny who God puts in your path. It was, um, uh, I was back in our hometown of Kansas City. I was had been announced as the new executive director. I was not yet, the transition hadn't really begun. But uh, so I was in a local church and someone said, I want you to meet the pastor. And I was introduced as the um, person that was going to be the new executive director. And he said to me, Susie, um, two things about Bible study fellowship. You are known for the most excellent Bible study content of anybody I know. I'm kind of smiling, you know. And then he said, and you are also known for legalism. (laughs) And uh, yeah, and that we had just done a big global survey. Um, Words like rigid were coming back to us uh, from lots of different places. And the culture had changed from the early days of Bible study fellowship. And so we knew some pretty major shifts were necessary. Mm -hmm. So we shifted away from dress codes. Can you imagine? We laugh now about dress codes, don't we? We just laugh about what is a dress code? But, you know, 11. I sometimes say, yeah, that first year I had to wear a dress. And some of my friends will say, what? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if that dates me or not, but... (laughs) Yeah, it's just, well, it we, is so crazy. It is so crazy. We don't even ask each other what we're wearing below the waist during coronavirus, right? And, oh, <laughs> gosh, for real. So, but we shifted from dress codes and strict attendance requirements. We modified our training and our leadership qualification process. We just made a lot of those changes. Um, we, we changed the way we responded to people in in um, group settings. And that was, of course, all part of a new training plan. And then we began to offer things called satellite discussion groups Mm -hmm. and communities. And that really began to explode our growth. We had to focus on digital development. We offered some new studies. And uh, with all the changes, changes in how we do groups, changes in how we ask questions, um, changes in how uh, we build community, create a sense of belonging. Then we launched um, a few years ago, five or six years ago, a, a new study on Revelation. And all of a sudden, our enrollment just doubled overnight. It did. Which required us to make all kinds of other different changes. BSF had been known pretty much for a, as a top-down organization. You just can't lead that way as well when mm-hmm. uh, you have a whole shift in the amount of people and classes and all that you're dealing with. So we pushed down decision-making. We changed our area class model. 
we gave lots of options to local leaders and these local leaders and you were one of them amber i mean <laughs> just made fabulous decisions um and i mean the commitment and um the wisdom that god gave to these local leaders and all of a sudden things got a lot better a lot they really better. did they really did and you know just i think it was probably about a month ago I was communicating with some people from my hometown and I grew up in the mountains of Eastern Kentucky, uh -huh. but I first started attending BSF in Lexington in central Kentucky. And for people who don't know a lot about Kentucky, that's two very different worlds. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And she said, I wasn't talking about BSF, but she said, oh yeah, I was just learning about that in my BSF class. And I know she's still in my hometown. And so I said, are you attending a satellite class? And she just, you know, the, I could sense the perk up even through the internet, right? Uh -huh. And I said, oh, I love BSF. I've attended for, you know, almost 20 years now. And we were able to start talking about that. And the joy that I felt that this is now in my hometown where the likelihood that a whole class would have been planted there would have been slim just because it was so rural, you know? Uh -huh. So what a joy. Absolutely a joy. And um, we just received so much input from people in these satellite discussion groups about the sense of community and bonding and how they're helping one another learn about God. There, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing to hear about. It really is. Yeah, well, and all this stuff had taken place before... 2020, the year that has lasted decades, it feels like. <laughs> the year of years, for sure. That's right. And so that really propelled you forward into so many changes that had to be made that every organization was really wrestling through, like we've got to get everything online. Mm -hmm. And so what are some of those changes that you had to make in this last year um, for BSF to really continue putting out God's word for people. Well, I think I can only talk about the previousness of God, <laughs> how he went before us in so many ways so that we could make the shifts that 2020 has required. And so um, after Revelation, we began a strategic emphasis to bridge in-depth Bible study from one generation to another. And through that strategic um, planning came two new kinds of Bible study, two pathways two new pathways of how to do a study with BSF content. So we started BSF Online, which is a group that met solely in an online environment that can be either people from your family or people from 10 different countries around the mm. world. So we had that. And we also started an app-based Bible study called Word Go, where the content is divided into small bites, yeah. uh, all designed to reach younger audiences, but an appeal to a wide um, generational span. So God was putting those things in place. At the same time, over the last 11 years, BSF staff and volunteers had learned to be more agile and open to change. So yeah. all that had to happen first, you know? Yes. And so it took 11 years to get us uh, into more of a, uh, a an agile, flexible kind of role. So then when the virus hit, God had us ready because he'd been preparing us every step of the way. Yeah. And overnight, well, let me just say, not quite overnight, because the virus ramped up first in Asia, our regional director for mm. Asia 
began to come to us and say, I've got to move these classes in this country online. And then two weeks later, I've got to move these classes online. Everything's shutting down here. So Asia and our director for Asia kind of led the way. And then, you know, come by about April 1st, our director of field development came to me and said, Susie, I need to move the whole world online. And I said, yes, you do. She said, so I have permission to run with this. I said, absolutely. And so we moved 400,000 adults and kids, more than that, actually, to online environments in a matter of about two weeks. So that was huge. Again, it took the commitment and God's empowerment of local volunteer leaders. We gave them a plan with options and they ran with it with excellence. So praise God for that. Yes. Well, and I love it because in my area, there are two day women's classes. And um, I mean, just for those listening that don't know a lot about BSF, there are evening and day women's. I just have happened to be involved in the day women's because I've been a stay at home mom. But I, I also served and attended evening women's before I had children and was a full-time employee. So um, we have two day women's classes and it's been so neat to see how one of them, she's doing all the teachings every week, Uh but then the other class has chosen that some weeks they will tune in to other teachers from around the world. And I just love that that is an option. It's, It's your choice. There's no, oh, we can only do it this way or we can only do it that way. And so kudos to you guys for the flexibility and just, you know, heeding the call really. Well, it's really about trusting um, local leaders and boy, they have proven worthy of that trust because, uh, because they walk with God. (laughs) Yes. Well, as we begin to close out, tell everybody a little bit about BSF's model. What if some woman is listening and she's like, I have no idea what you guys are even talking about. Is this a normal Bible study? Like what's different? Or maybe I should just say, what's the approach to studying God's word um, through BSF? Well, we really believe that God speaks through his word and that we know God through his word, that we come to love God and want to follow him as we um, get to know him through the Bible. And so that's kind of the basic premise that this scripture called the Bible is from the Lord. And when we study the Bible, we're actually studying God himself, plus we're learning about ourselves. So we do that in what we call the four-part method. Uh, That's been around since the beginning with our founder, Audrey Wetherill Johnson. And so uh, we do a little quiet study at home. And may I just say that that, how important it is to just have a time and a place in your day, every day, to just sit with God open your Bible, or bow in prayer. I mean, that is the key to uh, growing in Christ. So um, that's how we want people to start. We give some questions that help people to open their Bible and study it with the help of just a few questions. Then um, you come to class. um, And of course, now it's an online group. And you get to discuss that with a community of people. And all of our research shows us that there's a real sense of belonging in those groups and that people feel missed when they're not there and all of that. So you really learn from one another as you discuss. And then we have a trained, what we call a teaching leader. And that teaching leader will give a short teaching over the passage. And then there is the Bible Study Fellowship content 
which we call our notes. And so everyone then uh, downloads now notes or the content um, that applies to the lesson that week. And they can read a little bit more for further study. Yeah, I mean, and really that approach is so vital because to study it only by yourself, you don't get the same perspective as also coming into that community. Because what I've learned through BSF is the way that I have the scriptures have been enlightened as a result of me going, oh, I've never thought about it that way. Or I have no idea what the answer to this question is. What mm-hmm. does somebody else think? Um, it just makes your own brain start working and really wrestling with maybe something you're confused on or not sure of. And so the fact that they exist together is so important. I agree. That's it's worked. It's worked for sixty years, Amber. Yes. We we just did this survey um, of um, it's a random sampling, but of thousands of our members, and um, only five percent of them said that they have not grown spiritually since uh, the coronavirus started. Wow, crazy. And the one of the things they talk about is this sense of belonging and community, even though it's online. Yeah. Um, and how much they learn from one another. Yeah, yes, yeah. I completely agree. And so lastly, for the woman who may really be struggling to just take that leap into, or maybe I should just say that step into in-depth Bible study. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's, uh, you know, I don't know if I will ever learn this or it just feels too much. What would you like to say to encourage her to go ahead and take that step? Well, I guess the first thing I would want to say is I realize this is not an easy time to start something new. Um, and I really get it that there are extra burdens that so many are carrying right now. But I also know that from my own experience, God wants to help us. He is a burden bearer. He will help us Amen. carry the burdens of today. He will give strength. We have countless testimonies coming in from this survey that we've just done of how God is meeting people through the study of the scripture, giving them assurance, patience, comfort, strength, hope, and the fellowship with other believers Yes, is part of that. So I guess what I want to say is God still speaks he speaks through his word and he speaks words of peace and grace and love that just will wash over you like gentle waves of the sea because we meet him in his word, the Bible. And so I guess I would say, I know it's hard right now, but test the Lord and see for yes. he's good <laughs> and he will give what you need. I think the other thing, Amber, I really want to say is we are learning that uh, there is such concern among uh, younger moms and dads for the spiritual growth of their children. And um, our survey even shows that, that that parents are more concerned about their child's spiritual growth right now during coronavirus and all the things that have changed. They're even more concerned than about their, their, um, their education in school. Oh, yeah. So um, if a parent begins to devote themselves to studying God's word, they can give so much to their children. They can bring their school-age children with them to online BSF. 
and for the preschoolers, there is also, um, you know, BSF Kids Online and all kinds of resources on YouTube and other places. So there are resources for children. And I just share, as a grandmother, a parent's heart for their children during a time when maybe Sunday school isn't available and all the things that we had in 2019 that we don't have in 2020. That's right. Well, and if somebody wants to get connected with BSF, um, what do they need to do? Like right now they're at home and they're like, where do I go? What do I do to even get connected? Yeah. So www.bsfinternational.org uh, and click the join button and it'll lead you from there. That's right. And the great thing is it is online, so it doesn't matter where you live. But if you're wanting to be connected with people who are in your local area, because we all hope eventually we will be meeting face to face again, um, you can search for a class in your area and be connected. And I would encourage whoever is thinking about it and maybe hesitant to just take the step and realize that even if you're not super, uh, you don't feel maybe welcomed or a part of the group, you need to give it about four to six weeks because the online environment takes a little bit more time to build that connection. That's good advice, Amber. Thank you for adding that. Yes, Susie, thank you so much for being here today. It has been uh, just a real joy for me. Well, I've loved getting to know you <laughs> and learning a little bit about your journey that includes BSF. And I wish you just God's blessing in your podcast and the rest of your life as well. And trust that your listeners will benefit from this. And I do hope they'll try out Bible Study Fellowship. Thank you. If you aren't in a practice of reading God's word individually and in community, I hope my conversation with Susie stirred up a desire in you to get connected with a group Bible study. If today's episode resonated with you and you would like to hear more, be sure to click the subscribe or follow button in the app where you are currently listening. If you are listening at graceenoughpodcast.com, you can subscribe there or open Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or Amazon Music so that you will not miss a new episode of the podcast. Thank you for listening to the Grace Enough Podcast. Tune in next time! This episode was brought to you in part by The Truce Podcast. The new season examines the connection between some evangelicals and the Republican Party with the help of world-class historians. Subscribe to Truce in your podcast app or listen at trucepodcast.com.